You are listening to the podcast series for Mission to Amish People. Mission to Amish People is a Christian ministry with a threefold purpose of evangelizing and discipling Amish and former Amish, helping Amish people who leave their communities by helping them transition into the English world, and by presenting the ministry to churches nationwide. You can find out more about Mission to Amish People by going to their website at www.mapministry.org. Today's podcast is part four of five. And the difficulties that people face in transitioning out of an Amish life. Well, oftentimes it will go three years before someone will find their purpose or identity, as I I would like to call it, is identity in this new culture. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter if they're 18 years old or, or 50 years old. I've seen it over and over and over. It goes three years mm-hmm. uh, where, where they kind of go into a tailspin and they, they just kind of, like, you know, back home, I knew who I was. I knew how, where I fit in. But now I'm in another culture and I'm not sure where I'm going to be at. I'm just like right now, I'm just trying to survive. And eventually they get somewhat of a job. And depending on whether they make minimum wage or or $20 an hour depends a lot on where they'll be at in five years from now. Mm-hmm. A lot of them that come out have, well, most of all of them have an eighth grade education. So yeah. we really encourage them to get their GED because it helps them not only in an educational way, but also confidence. We've had a number of them go on to college and see the need for for a higher education. Mm-hmm. Going back to the original question, what are some of the things they face? They face leaving family. We got three girls that are living with us right now. We've had over a hundred of them, but one of them is from New York. And the other day, my wife said. I don't know what's wrong with her. She's down there just screaming at the top of her lungs. So my wife goes down and she doesn't talk at all. She puts her head in a pillow and, you know, feels somewhat embarrassed by her screaming. But later we got it out of her. She goes, I've been out here for a year and nobody's ever taken me home to see my family. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, let's take you home, see your family. Well. Somebody took her back to New York, and she gets there, and she's like, I don't want to see my family. So she just stayed with an English neighbor at the end of her dad mom's driveway, stayed there overnight. She felt good about being close to them, but she didn't want to see them. So she came back home, but she felt better. One of the other girls from Missouri just came to me last night. She says, I've been out here for a year. i got to go see my dad and mom. I'm, I'm so homesick. I said, okay, let's go see your dad, Tom. So we're working out the details right now. It, it's, it's very hard. I, I mean, we had another girl that was adopted by an Amish family, and she left the Amish. She's 22 years old, I think, living with us as well. And we had someone in California that got a hold of, you know, she was looking for her birth mother. And this gal in California made the connection. And last night, her birth mother got a hold of her and drove from Alliance, Ohio, which just so happened she lived there. Wow. Yeah. For the first 
first time since she was a small child, and they met last night. Uh, she's jumping up and down and just all excited. Her birth mother is coming, and the birth mother was the same way, so another whole story there. So how do people respond when they find that their family members have reached out to your organization, have been involved in your organization as they're leaving? I mean, I'm sure there's variety. Are people happy that their children are finding support? Are they worried that your work is pulling them farther away? Most of them obviously don't like us. Uh We've been threatened Mm -hmm. physically and verbally, but we've always tried our very best to be the level-headed ones Mm -hmm. and understand, you know, that mom and dad are going through their own pain because their daughter or their son left. And we understood, you know, why they would be upset at us, and we tried not to take it personally. There's only been a few times where parents have actually brought their kids to our ministry. Uh And I'm talking about maybe twice in the last, in the 15 years of our ministry. Uh But most of the time, they are against us. For you, did anyone from your family or community react, or how did anyone in your family or community react to you starting this ministry? It's just something that we don't talk about openly. I'm sure they're well aware that we have a ministry. They don't know the extent of our outreach, but I just have so little to do with my Amish family that I I don't even know what they think or what they say about it. Mm So then, because you left after joining the church, then I imagine that you were excommunicated and and placed in the band then. So how does your family do that? Yeah, my community was very conservative, so they obviously looked at the band as a very serious matter. They have not invited us to any of their weddings. Some of the funerals, Particularly grandparents, uh, we were taught not to be a part of. Uh, I believe once we we didn't go to a funeral, we were told to leave and come back if we are wearing obvious clothes. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, not come back. One time, it was about 25 years after we had left that two of my homage sisters are a little more open. They're staying with a community that's not quite as legalistic. They had a family reunion, and they wanted us to be there. So we had to park over our cars half a mile up the road, walk to the one sister's house where they had laid out Amish clothes. We were supposed to put those clothes on, and then walk across the field to my second Amish sister in that community, and that's Mm -hmm. where the reunion was taking place. So we walk in there, all of my other family is already there. Many of our nieces and nephews I had never met before. There were like 80 of us, Mm -hmm. and we all gathered in this barn. They had two tables, one for us and one for them. Mm -hmm. You know, we we knew that would happen, but we accepted it, and we're glad to be there. And they ended up all getting in trouble by their churches, <laughs> even though they didn't eat from the same dishes or bowls or whatever. Uh, just the fact that they invited us there, even though we had Amish clothes.
goes on. The church still disciplined our parents. Okay, so so your community had very strict rules around the enforcement of the ban. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, how do you feel about the work that you're doing, the ministry that you're doing? It's a very discouraging ministry at times. Maybe a better word. It's a very, very hard, hard ministry. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't even know where to start. I don't even know if I totally understand, but a lot of the ones that are leaving the Amish are maybe 18, 19 years old. And when they leave, they have many needs. They want to live in freedom, but have never really had any training on how to live in freedom. So when we come along, I've learned that you have to let them kind of uh, learn the hard way. Uh-huh. Many of them come out, uh, turn to alcohol, they don't turn to alcohol. They were already turned on to alcohol before they left. So they mm-hmm. leave, they continue in the alcohol, and some of them get into drugs, and many of them have been in and out of jail. So the truth is hurting people hurt other people. These kids are hurting, mm-hmm. and sometimes the very hand that gives them the housing, the jobs, the food, and, and the things that they, they couldn't have made it without us, mm-hmm. uh, we happen to be there at the right place, wrong place at the wrong time or whatever. And we're the ones that get yelled at and beat up on. And I, I've come to the point where I've said, I think what it is, we've gotten to the point where we don't value relationship. It didn't go the way we wanted, so we turn our backs on our family. It didn't go the way we wanted, so we turn our backs on our friends, our culture, and now we're out here and we're in it for life or death. We're going to make it. And I don't need anybody to tell me what to do. I don't need anybody to help me unless I really need help. But when I when I get what I want, then fully on you. I don't need you anymore. That's putting it pretty harshly, but we deal with that all the time. And there's times when I wanted to throw the towels in. Uh-huh. I will tell you this. I just about wouldn't have any former Amish working for me at this ministry. They're very hard to to deal with. And it doesn't mean that I don't love them. It doesn't mean that I don't want to be there for them. I will die probably giving my life for them. But they're very, very difficult people to work with. And I think they're just hurting people that hurt other people. And Many of them don't fit into churches out here. They kind of need in their homes and they have their own little cliques and their own little things and they judge everybody else. Everything's black and white to them. So they can't really get along with anybody. They don't want to work for anybody. They want to have their own business. So it's a lot of what we go through. Mm -hmm. Don't understand everything. Probably go through it myself as much as anybody. So then... It sounds like you work especially with folks who are leaving young before around the age of 20 are largely the people who are coming to you. And so it sounds like in part their motivations for leaving seem tied to you know a lot of troubles that they're having with their families or in their communities. That leaving doesn't fix that, right? Leaving just sort of puts that in a new venue and a venue that they don't know as much about so sort of creates another set of difficulties for them to encounter then yeah very much so 
I think, though, the biggest issue is there is a disconnect between parents and their children. Most of them have between eight and all the way up to 20 children. Average, though, probably eight to 10. And I don't know, is it because they have a large family and there's not enough attention to go around? Mm -hmm. But I find that, you know, the Amish are not very affectionate. Mm -hmm. They don't hug. They don't say, I love you. It's more of a get up, get out there and get her done. And many of these young people that come out are tired of it. I can never measure up. Uh, I don't feel appreciated. My dad has never told me he's proud of me or he's proud of my accomplishment. It's always, you should have done better. You should have done more. And, and that, that's the problem. You know, we have a publication and it goes out to about 8,000 Amish people every other month. And one of my goals is to help the parents I help them understand the needs of a young teenager that's changing from boyhood or, or a young girl into adulthood. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of changes that, that these kids go through, just like anybody their age. But the Amish have never had any training on that at all. They don't talk about sex. They don't talk about having babies. I was 15 years old and, and I didn't know anything. I mean, the few things we did know was a big joke. And we didn't know where babies came from. Nobody ever told us, got married. Most of them get married, mom and dad. Nobody has ever sat down with them and said, now this is what you do, this is what you don't do. And this is how babies are made. Nobody, you don't talk about those things. So all those things are very, very important within a family structure to talk about. So my goal is to teach, educate, and, and help Amish people to become more aware of that need. So your idea then is that these kids are coming out with sometimes problematic relationships with their parents and lacking lots of kinds of information about just the development of themselves. Yeah, I mean, the ones that come and live with us, one of the requirements is that they meet with my wife and I every week. Mm-hmm. And we talk about life. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, it's a, it, it has something to do with relationships. And it's what they want to talk about. You know, how do I date? I got a young couple right now came up says, we're getting ready to date, but we don't know how to date. What are some things we should or shouldn't do? Uh-huh. And just sitting there and talking about respecting each other. Something like that has yeah. never been talked about. Yeah. Within the Amish culture, it was kind of like the man is the head of the home. The woman is supposed to submit to whatever the man says. He's the one that makes the rules. I have a number of women that call me. They're like, my husband, even after we leave, he just thinks that I'm supposed to have babies and mm-hmm. stay at home. And he's out there working away. He goes away every day. I'm still at home here. I, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just sitting down with these men and say, wait, wait. Just because our culture taught that doesn't mean that was right. Mm-hmm. Your poor wife, she's depressed. She doesn't want to live. You don't want her to change her dress coat. You want her to continue to wear a head covering. You want her to continue to wear her uh, dress. She can't 
wear slacks. But you can come out here and you can change and put on jeans and t-shirts and leave your hat at home and you can change and become just like the norm out here, but you expect your wife to still live Amish. You, you can't do that. So these are the things that we just sit together, we sit down every week, talk about them, and it's huge. Thank you for listening to this podcast series. Check out Mission to Amish People online at www.mapministry.org or keep up to date with us on Facebook and Google+. Thank you again and have a blessed day.